2: It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Need a place to talk sports? You've come to the right place. CBS Sports Radio. Live from Milwaukee, it's Bart Winkler. CBS Sports Radio,
3: great to be with you. Hour number four of the show, Amy Lawrence, is up next. Next. Do not touch that dial or that app. Got us on the Odyssey app. Maybe you are up. Maybe this is your morning. Maybe you're up. Maybe you're up right now. You got a a full day of Odyssey to listen to on that app. Maybe you're going to bed soon. I do what I do. I turn the volume down just so I can, like, hear it, where it can still, like, permeate my dreams. And, like, when you used to study and have to cram for a test, you put a book under your bed, and you're supposed to get the information through osmosis. You leave the Odyssey app on to CBS Sports Radio or your favorite local affiliate, and the sports knowledge, you'll wake up, you'll just wake up and know all this stuff. Give it a try. It can't hurt. Hey, what I tell my kid is we don't know until we try. We don't know until we try. Uh, For good things. Oh, did I talk about this yet? I don't think I did. My kid there was snow here and we I took him to a park and there's like a little hill, so we sled on it, but the snow was like a wet snow, it was bad. So we were at a park, so then he went down a slide and the slide was wet and I realized and it, it was one of those slides that like twist. And I realized right when he was at the top, I go, Oh no, he's gonna torpedo off this thing. It's four. So I was in the right position. I immediately, so bad mistake, but I recovered. And I, I, I didn't totally catch him, but I guided him down. So it was like a, it could have been a lot worse. But yeah, Uh, my kid, my kid flew off a slide the other day. And, uh, and then, then, then this is, this is what, I, how you know what kind of spouse you are. I told him, we're not telling mom. We are, not, we are not telling your mother about this, ever. And then as soon as I walked in, I was like, honey, I got to tell you, kid flew off the slide, man. He's okay. She's like,
2: God dang it.
3: So he's all right. Aaron Rodgers spoke today on Pat McAfee's show. Yes, him and Jimmy Kimmel are in some sort of thing. But I wanted to bring this bit of audio your way. Because I do think that the potential of this happening is stronger than it should be. But Aaron Rodgers was asked if there was any potential situation where they could try to bring his old receiver, Devonte Adams
4: to the New York jets. None right now. <laughs> Absolutely none. Um, there's a lot of time. I think first part is to like, let the emotion get out of it and get away everybody involved from Woody and Christopher to to Joe to Robert to all the players, you know, just kind of like, let the emotion out of it, uh, you know, and, and uh, get away from it. But yeah, obviously creating a championship team is, is, uh, is the goal for Joe and obviously that's what he wants.
3: So, all right. You don't want to tamper. That's what you say. I feel like they have communicated. They have to have in some way, shape, or form, about playing together again. Now, this was fueled a little bit because later today, or yesterday, wherever you are, Garrett Wilson, who wore the number 17, and I say wore the number 17, is now wearing the number 5. Yeah, Garrett Wilson now wears the number 5. New York's fans, Jets fans, were driven to conspiratorial lengths which I don't, I don't know. They, I don't know that it needs to be a conspiracy. Why is Garrett Wilson changing? I believe that's what he wore at Ohio State. But Thomas Morstead, the punter, posted a picture of himself handing over his number five jersey to Garrett Wilson. I don't know if Morstead's taken 17. Otherwise, they would have probably already made the switch. So 17's open. That's Devontae Adams' number. Is Devontae Adams on his way to New York? The Devontae Adams trade to the Raiders from Green Bay bothers me because I do think he let Rodgers get in his head. I think that Rodgers romanticized the allure of what a last dance is. I think he romanticized the allure of being traded and what that might entail and starting somewhere new. Devontae actually got traded a year before Rodgers did. But I think a lot of that was put in Devontae's head. This is all speculative as a Packer fan, so take that for what it's worth. But I do think some of that was at play. Yes, Devontae wanted to play back with his college teammate. And yes, it's closer to California, where he's from. But how many, like, first of all, how many people say, yes, please get me out of here, trade me to the Raiders. And then how many people on top of that say, yes, please trade me to go play with Derek Carr. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think Devontae Adams all those years with Rodgers was thinking, man, if I could only catch passes again from Derek Carr. And so there may be a reunion down the line. And the Jets are going to need something. The pro football focus rankings are out. The Jets had the number one ranked defense in the season. And that's why the Jets wanted a quarterback like Rodgers because they had the defense and they have some nice pieces offensively. And they've been drafting some offensive weapons. The line needs a lot of work, but Brees Hall's good. Garrett Wilson's good. So they just need a quarterback. So they got Aaron Rodgers, and then he got hurt. They have the number one PFF defense, they have the number 32 pro football focus ranked offense. As you're well aware, there are only 32 teams in this league. So, best defense, worst offense. Once again, the more things change, the more things stay the same. 855-212-4227. Barry is in Boston tonight. Hey, Barry.
5: Hey, how are you, brother? Good. What's up? No much. Happy New Year. So um, I don't want to bore the listeners. So I'm a big Cowboys fan. I'm excited about this weekend and everything that's going on with everything we But I called tonight, and I told Shep, um, Bill Belichick and the Patriots, I know they're a losing team now, but I don't know what you think's going to happen with the Patriots. And I think Mike Grable's available, and I don't know how you feel about him coming, maybe Belichick being the GM instead of the coach and the GM, which is ridiculous because I'm a Cowboys fan. And last I checked, Jerry Jones is the GM and the coach and the owner, and he's, I think he's everything. So,
3: (laughs) if he's not, his son is.
5: (laughs) No, his son is a little more normal than him, a little more normal than him. So, when his son takes over, I think the Cowboys are going to, I I think they're going to blossom. But, what do you think
3: about if the Cowboys lose and then they try to get
5: Belichick? Would that fit? (laughs) <laughs> no, Belichick's not going anywhere. He lives in New England. He lives in Northeast. He he has a place out in, uh, not Martha's but um, it, it, out there, it, one of the islands on Massachusetts, he, uh, Nantucket. And he is not going anywhere. He's already multi. Do you think
3: he would? He would. So you think he would want to be GM and not coach?
5: No. Well, well, no, no. I'm <clears throat> I'm not just saying that he shouldn't be coach and GM. Okay. He should. He, you should me, too, because look at the Cowboys. They've been a disgrace for the past 28 years, and I'm the biggest Cowboy fan in New England. And everyone always asks me, why are you a Cowboys fan? I've been a Cowboys fan since I was in diapers, okay? So it's not just because of the cheerleaders. I know you're going to say that. Uh, I was. I love the Cowboys. And when I was in college, they won, and they won, and they won three out of four years. Since then, they've been terrible. And I think a lot of that is because of Jerry Jones. I don't know what do you think.
3: Well, they won for a while with him there, and then uh, and then they stopped winning, and they haven't won now for a long time. That's true.
5: So he he had some success. Ninety two, ninety three, ninety six, I think. And yeah, and last century
3: they haven't won since the nineteen hundreds. Is never a sentence you want to be true. That is so true, brother. Hey, happy
5: New Year. God
3: bless you. You too, Barry. Uh, Barry's out in Boston. Cowboys fan. Really, there's a lot of options that can happen with these coaches, and we've talked about that a little tonight, and the Mike Vrabel aspect of it I think is a surprise. Uh, I think it's a surprise that they fired him instead of trying to work out a deal. But as we've heard from – Titans brass. They just thought it would take too long and they didn't want to. They, they just didn't have the patience to try to work it out. And they didn't think it was worth it. Now, I don't know who the Titans think they can get because that's another job that's open too. And we're going to say all these names like Bill Belichick and Jim Harbaugh. Well, not Vrabel, obviously, but what of these names is going to, you know, want to come to Tennessee? Will it be one of these offensive coordinators? Could it be Eric Bieniemy if Washington hires somebody else? Could there be somebody that they have their eye on? They must, you know. Mike Vrabel had three nice years, three playoff years, with the uh, Tennessee Titans, and then they trade AJ Brown, and you know can't do anything else because of the Tannehill contract, and then they don't make the playoffs for two years, and then he gets fired. I don't know. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Dino's in Pittsburgh. Dino.
6: Hey, Bart, happy New Year to you.
3: Hey, you too, man.
6: Hey, I just want to say, go Steelers, though that's not why I'm calling. I just wanted to call in regards to the storming of the field or the basketball court. Uh, I'll be celebrating in 2024 my 50th year of football officiating on the NCAA and high school level. Never made it to the NFL, but there's only so much room on a football field and there's only so much room on a basketball court. Somebody will get hurt.
3: Oh, yeah, and if you're an official, you see that mob coming, you're like, oh, I didn't sign
6: up for this. I'm out of here. And and as a side note, I do a little bit of security for the Steelers. Um, I'm not a police officer, although on a football game day, I'm on the field, and we are told not to be heroes. So usually if you know somebody comes out of the stands, we try to negate them for running on the field. If we can't get them, I'm sure the players will. <laughs> and that's yeah, all I gotta that, say about some of that. these
3: players. Some of these players. I don't know the way they knock out some of these fans, and I get it. You don't want anything, You want to take precaution. You don't want anything crazy to happen. But the way some of these people get knocked out, I'm surprised they get back up.
6: That is true. Now, you know, I come. I'm an old guy now. I'm in my sixties, and my dad was my mentor. Slash, he coached me in youth football, and always told me the field belongs to the players. the the stands belongs to the fans. Don't go. Don't be. A, don't be a jack. mm ha. And storm <laughs> the field. Celebrate in the stands. I'm like, all right. So uh, why? You know, when the Penguins won their thing, and the Steelers did their thing, and the Pirates did their thing, we we celebrated respectfully. And like the guy before was that was on your show before said, act like you've been there. So it's kind of like, okay, I've been there.
3: Well yeah, you you've been there. Yeah. So that works. All right, hey, thanks for the call, Dino. Thank you, Bart. Have a nice day. Yeah, you too. Um obviously safety is paramount. I don't I don't want everybody to, I mean you got to be if you're going to storm the court <laughs> talking about this. Uh take your time. Uh make sure you know t- have a buddy system. You know, do it do it nicely. I don't I don't want to sit here and advocate for it and then um you know, somebody wins and I'm at a game and I go, well, oh, I'll storm the court. I've been in and then All of a sudden I snap my leg on something crazy. So, uh, Hey, I just, I just want everybody to be safe. That's all. That's all. I want everybody to be safe and have a good time. That's all I want. And if you score a touchdown, spike the football, George is in Georgia. Hi, George. What's up, George? I think uh, he got disconnected as soon as I put him on. And that is a shame. 855-212-4227, 855-212-4CBS. Oh, Rodney in Baltimore. Uh, Somebody tweeted this to me, so I'm glad we have a call here.
7: Rodney, what do you got? Yeah, um, not to take anything away from Walter Payton because he was great and I loved him. But he did celebrate and spike the ball, and I do think that some people get carried away celebrating and can actually injure themselves, such as Lamar Jackson did when he slipped in the end zone and no one thought he was hurt. That's initially when he got hurt in the Miami game. But Walter Payton was never in the class of uh, Barry Sanders. He's the only football player I've seen never celebrate after making people look like. They couldn't see him at
3: all. Maybe uh, the caller said Walter Payton and had Barry Sanders on the mind. Maybe. Oh,
8: so what, Walter? Uh, so, uh, look, I I, I wasn't alive in most of Walter Payton's career. What I do remember, though, is oftentimes he would hand it to a lineman to spike the ball, mm, which I think yes. does does give similarities to him and Barry, basically making it about his team and not about himself.
7: Yeah, I understand that but I I have seen Walter Payton spike the ball himself.
3: Oh, no, I believe you. I see some video. Um
7: all right, yeah, Rodney, I, thanks for yeah, I thanks say. for clearing that up, Rodney. All right, thank you. Have a great uh, night.
3: Got to the bottom of that mystery. Um what do you supposed to, what if the refs not buy you? You you want what we're not we're not actually debating if spiking the ball's mad or bad now, right? You can spike a
8: football. It's a little. It's a little. It's a little silly. If we're being honest, it's a what little are you supposed to s- do with it? I mean, like, don't spike it to where it could bounce up and hit somebody. I just think that. Oh, you don't. You don't I, think Look, that. I, if there's not a referee to hand the ball off to, just drop it, the ball, and then hug a teammate. Jump in a teammate's arms if you have to. If it's a real incredible touchdown. Well, or then what if like he drops you and then you get hurt? That's a fair point. So don't no, jump in any. You. So don't jump in any teammates' arms. But you can be excited. You can slap fives. You can, you can you know be not so smart and bang your helmet against a, a, a teammate's helmet. Like, I, I just think the, to your point, it's a lot worse when people choreograph. Like a, a defense when they intercept the ball.
3: Oh no, I don't know. I like that though. Oh, you do? I know people. I know people don't. I like it. It's it's. I'm, uh, I'm one of these weird guys, Chef. Yeah. That think like sports are games and fun.
8: No, it should be it should be fun. There's no there's no denying that. There's no argument there, Bart. But it shouldn't be fun at the expense of someone else.
3: Well, then, that, then then that, that's a, <laughs> but you. You win games at the expense. No, but of someone no. Else. What
8: I'm, what I'm but, but but there's a way to win classy, and there's a way to rub someone's nose in it. And when you're choreographing, because you intercept the pass up three points in the third quarter, that's way too much.
3: You know what I think.
8: This this, this, one, this,
3: won't, this won't go over well. Let's hear it. Um, I think if you're worried about winning classy, you're a loser. Wow. Mm-hmm. I think you. if you're worried about winning, all you should be worried about is winning. Okay. And then once you start worrying about the other team and how they feel about your winning, then you're not focused on winning. And if you're not focused on winning, you're a loser.
8: Yeah, but, that, but
3: not like a loser of a person, right? But a loser in the context of the game.
8: You know, this is funny coming from a guy that is such an expert when it comes to Giannis. I think Giannis wins with so much class. Um, I, you know, when I think of winning a class, I, I think of guys like Jerry Kramer and, and Bart Starr. You know, back in the late '60s, Max McGee. I think there's, I think there's a reason why people were absolutely head over heels. Well, Max
3: McGee only didn't celebrate after the Super Bowl because he was actually drunk during it.
8: Fair enough. That's a fair point. But Yeah, he, he needed to go to bed. That's a, that's a fair point. But I, I think there's <laughs> something to be said about when someone wins, they, they don't make it about themselves. They celebrate with their team, and they don't rub the opponent's face in it. And I, and I think there's something to be said about that when in an age where too many people are all about, look at me. And that's what those celebrations to me symbolize. So if I score 40 points, I'm supposed to say I give it up to my teammates? I'm
3: the one who scored 40 points.
8: Yeah, but you, you, you're, you're better than that. You know a lot better than that, Bart, because you you damn well know if you're scoring 40 points, there's a point guard that is likely finding you in your sweet spots. There's a big man who's setting you the right screens. There's a coach who's diagramming the plays. There's a trainer who's helping you with the warm-up and then the cool-down. There's so much that goes into one particular player scoring 40 points. It ain't ever about just that individual.
3: I can see that, yes. Yeah. I, probably, I probably would do there that. You yes, Thank you. You're right. I'm not, the, I'm not the evil monster I'm making myself out to be. but <laughs> I know that. I'm close, but not entirely. 855-212-4227, CBS Sports Radio.
2: It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Here's Bart. CBS Sports
3: Radio. I'm Bart Winkler, 855-212-4227. We inadvertently have created somewhat of a theme tonight talking about sports etiquette, whether it's Jameis Winston handing the ball off to Jamal Williams in victory formation to get Williams a touchdown for the Saints the other day, or Nebraska beat Purdue tonight. Number one team in the country, so they stormed the court. And we had another court storming moments ago. Boise State. Storm the court against Colorado State. Boise State eleven and four storm the court over the number seventeenth ranked Colorado State Rams. And I, I said earlier that all instances where you have the opportunity to storm a court, feel free. You only live once. These are college kids. But not all court stormings are created equal. Boise State stormed the court over the Colorado State Rams. All right, uh, let's get out to Dan eight five five two one two four two two seven. He's in Connecticut. Hey, Dan.
9: Hey, how you doing? What's up? I got, I just got a thing about the uh, sportsmanship, but mine's more about football. So. Um, I'm all about the premeditated celebrations and the spiking and all that stuff. And and uh, I, I love it myself. But here's one thing that I've heard other you know uh, people on the radio say, that if they don't want that stuff to happen, then to prevent it. So if they don't want celebrations and spiking in their face and all that, then they need to stop it. So that's all I got to say. Have a good night, bud.
3: Yeah, I think there's sometimes, too, if you're talking about running up the score up specifically, there are some times where the other team is just, like, they cannot physically stop you, and they are bad. And it gets to a point where it's actually, it almost feels wrong to continue to score. And in some ways, it might start to look pathetic if you keep running up the score. But I think once you get past high school, then that's kind of over with. If you're in, like, Little League, and it's one neighborhood dad's team against another, and, you know, you've got the one tall kid who can, like, hit home runs, and you're beating up on some other kids 40 to 6, and it's not like half of these kids don't want to be there. I mean, okay, yes. Don't run up the score. I coached a soccer team not long ago with some – it was a 10-year-old U10. Our team was destroying the other team. So then you put like your bad kids up and then, okay, maybe the goalie tries, you know, it's still fun, but you're not sending your A team out there. You put some of the subs in a little bit more and then you say, all right, you know, let's try to, you know, pass a few times. I mean, you're in, these are kids. Once you get to be adults, like running up the score as kids is different than running up the score as adults. If you're running up the score as adults, it means that you're just better at a professional level. So put up 70 if you're the Miami Dolphins. And then in games like that, the Broncos, like they just, at some some of these games, it seems like the other teams, if the other team like stops trying, well, then what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? I get the difference with the Jameis thing. Uh, And I think Nate's in D.C.
7: on that. What's up, Nate? What's going on, Bart? Welcome to the family.
3: Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having
7: me. Anyway, sir, um, I think the problem is I'm not worried about the score. They were in victory formation. What if his knee would hit somebody's knee who wasn't ready for that? And now you tore an ACL, so you're out for next season. Yeah, that, that, the, it, that I, I,
3: I can agree on that. I because they, they weren't they weren't when you give victory formation, it's like
7: we're 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 done. We're done. Other than that, I'm like, run it up. But in that case, he wasn't – They, you could clearly see they weren't right. They were shocked. But that's okay because the running back will be cut and Jameis Winston, well, we know who he is and the coach will be fired, so it's a whole mess. Anyway, <laughs> Bart, welcome to the family, baby. All
3: right, Nate. Yeah, thanks for the call. Yeah, just to, be, just to one more time be clear on where I'm at with the running up the score, uh, run up the score if you you work your whole life to get to this moment. So if Jameis Winston realizes that Jamal Williams has not had a touchdown yet this year and he wants to be the one to hand it to him and the play comes in, guys just take a knee and Jameis says, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're going to line up and we're going to run a play. That's different. What happened was they ran the victory formation. So as much as they were fooling the Falcons, they were also fooling their head coach, then making him look bad in the process. So yes, you got Jamal touchdown. But you you alienated your coach in the process. Uh, Jameis seems to think everything's on the up and up. I don't think Jameis Winston's going to be a saint next year anyway. You know, these guys sign these deals and then they go somewhere else. Maybe they will want to keep him around. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know that this hurts or helps in either way. Uh, people, uh, the reporter that, you know, you may have heard that back and forth. We played it earlier. Says, well, you got to play these guys twice every year. But there are short memories in the league, and Jameis could be backing up whoever the Atlanta Falcons get next year. So you never know. Or or hell, he could be their starter. Uh you never know with that. So I think uh that can close the book on our conversation because um I'm just thinking about when I've had these conversations before, and then uh I, I, I do get I do I do get a lot of people upset at me um for having them and I'm not, I'm not, that's, I'm not trying to be mean spirited. I just, I really look at how much time you put and effort you put into something. And I think there's a way to, to do it. And, but I understand the victory formation. I've, I've understand the tweets, the calls. I, I feel like, uh, we have addressed this and I understand Mel is in Charlotte. Mel.
9: Hey, uh, I'm sorry. Hey, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, loving the show. Uh, I do have to say all these strays that Charlotte sports are, are catching tonight. I, I get it. We suck. Nobody really watches except for us and everybody <laughs> laughing. We're, we're laughing too. It's been, you know, a clown show the whole way through. But well, I, I think the say, problem Bryce No, Yellen... let me
3: just, uh, the, the problem is like, yes, the team was bad and yes, Bryce Young didn't play as well as you would, would have hoped. But that owner, man, that owner, that ain't good. The owner is the problem, and is the unfortunate thing is he's the only person we can't fire.
9: Yeah. Um, and honestly, I was a Stroud guy during the draft last year, but, you know, I, Bryce has grown on me. He was in a terrible situation this year, and had it gone my way and Stroud was the quarterback, I think we'd probably look at him differently, too. So, um, as far as, like, the, what to do with the ball and the after a touchdown, I think Cam Newton had it perfectly. Like he gave the ball to like a kid in the stands and did two things at once. He had a cool celebration and then he made Panthers fans for life. Like those kids are always going to remember the time that they got a ball from Cam Newton. Um, oh yeah. Or touchdowns, which <laughs> we haven't really done this year.
3: <laughs> well, well, yeah, no, I'm with you on there. I mean, that's, that's maybe as good as it, can get Hey, here's hoping for brighter days, Mel.
9: Hey, before I let you go, I have um, – so I do this bet with my dad every year. Uh, mm-hmm. We pick uh, four teams before the playoffs start. Um, I'm just going to give you my picks and his picks real quick and see who has, like, the better odds. So my okay. picks are the Ravens, Lions, Bills, and Eagles. He has the Dolphins, 49ers, Cowboys, and Chiefs.
3: You and have I'll the Ravens, Lions, Bills?
9: So, um – Mine so is, it's gonna
3: come down. It's gonna come down to if the Bills play the Chiefs. But do you have the Dolphins?
9: Uh, he has the Dolphins. He has Dolphins, Forty ers Cowboys, and Chiefs.
3: Oh, so he took Dolphins and Chiefs. They play each other. <laughs> okay, so well, he's gonna lose one. He'll lose one this weekend. <laughs> but there could be some strategy behind that too. What is it? Whoever wins the Super Bowl wins. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a bottle of spirit of choice. Well, that's a nice friendly wager with Pops. Yeah, I lost last year, so I'm trying to get back. Well, I like the Ravens to win the Super Bowl, so I I think as long as you got the Ravens. Okay, well,
9: hopefully you're right and I'm right and I I can win this year. I appreciate it. Well, let me know. Uh,
3: I mean, I'll, I'll know, but call back after the Super Bowl or call back tomorrow, but for sure after the Super Bowl. Keep us posted. All right.
9: Thank you. You have a good night.
3: All right, that's Mel, and he brings up uh, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and I think a lot of people have made their determinations that C.J. Stroud is better than Bryce Young, and in 2023, that's true. Is that going to be true for the rest of their career? I don't know. I mean, Bryce Young was in a pretty bad spot. I think, you know, whenever there's these, like, two quarterbacks at the top, we go, well, one's got to be Peyton Manning, and one's got to be Ryan Leaf. Well, no, they can both be bad. Well, they can both be good. So I'm not not giving up on Bryce Young either yet, Charlotte. Charlotte, I know you're going through it. This was a bad year, and you can't even rejoice with the number one overall pick. You've got an owner that's going to take whatever spirit he wins from his son in the bet and throw it into the crowd on an unassuming Jaguars fan. Brighter days are coming.
2: Brighter days are coming. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio.
3: We gave some love earlier to the Nebraska Huskers defensive team of the week here on the show. As they knocked off Purdue, number one in the country. Number two in the country in men's basketball fell also with uh, Houston going down to Iowa State. So, some upsets tonight. Quinton is in Nebraska. What's up, Quentin?
4: Hey, how's it going? What's up? So, uh, just wanted to comment on just the storming of the court. <clears throat> yeah, I mean... We haven't, understand, we haven't beat a number one team in, like, 40 years.
3: Oh, hey, I'm Um, pro-Nebraska storming the court tonight.
4: Yeah, and I understand also, like, I think, like, this year, I mean, we are the only Power Five conference team in the conference, uh, any conference, that has never won an NCAA tournament game. We've been in there as a number three seed, never one. So Nebraska is hungry, hungry for a basketball win. Uh, we're always overshadowed by Creighton, which is the most awful team um, in Nebraska, in my opinion. But uh, the, the Nebraska, as in, in general, you know, you talk about the football wanting them to win. Like there's, I mean, there's a reason why we sell out constantly with 15,000 fans and we don't even have a conference win We don't, or we don't have a conference, conference championship. We don't have a, we don't have a, you know, NCAA victory, but there's a devoted fan, fan base here that, you know, looks like we're going to win. And this year, uh, go Toyberg and, you know, he's, he's, we've got the places, and you know, things in place to really make a run, I think. So,
3: well, yeah, and that's a big win and congrats on the win, uh, for sure. They knock off number one, Purdue, who Purdue seems to be a team that is number one a lot. And then there's always a story about how a team knocked off number one, Purdue, Tonight it was Nebraska, three and two in the conference, fourteen and two overall. Uh, seem to be on a nice trajectory to get in, and we'll see what they can do in the in the Big Ten. So, yeah, Nebraska. When you start to talk about Nebraska sports, just the university itself, men's basketball not very high on the list, but uh, they're looking to change that with Fred Hoiberg, and tonight was a good start to do it. The uh, Toronto Raptors are looking to change things head coach we'll just we're just going to call him darko tonight uh not happy so the fourth quarter the raptors lose to the lakers in a game that finished about 15 minutes ago and the uh lakers win by a point there was it was a four point game last second shot at the end makes it a one point game i don't know what the spread was so i don't know if that factored into anything for anybody but the lakers You know, they're the LA Lakers, they got LeBron, they got AD. They had 23 free throw attempts in the fourth quarter. The Raptors only had two. And it's very hard for coaches in this league to have that happen to them, to lose a close game, to sit at the podium, knowing they'll probably be fined. It's very hard for them not to share their frustration with that. And the Raptors coach certainly did that tonight.
10: Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. That's, that's, that's outrageous. What happened tonight, this is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them, and we get two free throws in, in the fourth quarter. Like, how to play the game. I, all, I understand uh, respect for all-stars and all of that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible that Scotty Barnes, who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, to the rim without flopping and and not trying to get foul calls, he gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How's that possible? How are you going to explain it, that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here if, during whole season, I've been holding you back. It's a complete crap.
3: Okay, so uh, Scotty Barnes, face of the league. You you with that one, Shep, or you're a big NBA guy. Scotty Barnes. The Raptors.
8: I I love the passion.
3: <laughs> Scotty Barnes, face of the league. If you're an NBA official, though, like you've got to notice. And I, I don't I think as an official and I've officiated at certain levels. We talked about this a little bit last week, but there's a lot of like there's a lot of you're very cognizant and you're very aware of of what's going on and you know, sometimes you do feel like, oh, geez. I mean, I, I, you call a foul on LeBron against the person for LeBron that maybe you wouldn't have called somewhere else. You, It's hard. And then when guys like, you know, squeaky wheel gets the grease because when guys are barking at you, ah, it's it's hard. It's hard. I get that. But if you're in the fourth quarter and you're, you're like, you have to be aware when you send one team to the line 23 times and the other two. Now, we were watching the game in passing, so... I can't break down this entire fourth quarter and tell you what the foul calls should have been. And a lot of calls are subjective, especially in that uh, league. But at some point, just as an official, you got to be like, okay. I mean, even if, even if the Raptors are hacking, you, 23 to two. And what ends up being a one point game and just, you got to be aware of that. So he'll get fined. Coach will get fined. Cause Adam silver doesn't like to be shown up in any way. And so, He'll get embarrassed. Hopefully it was late enough at night that Adam Silver never sees this and he doesn't get fined because, you know, his salary is a pretty nice salary, but he's not making $120 million over eight seasons like Spolstra is now. So fine relative to the salary would be all right. We'll we'll find out. Uh, Let's get to Thomas in Tampa before we send it off to Amy Lawrence. What's up, Thomas?
7: Hey, Bart. First, uh, thanks, you and Shep, for the show and taking my call. Uh, two quick questions for you, and I'm going to hang up and listen, man. I want to see what your thoughts are, what the Bucks' chances are, basically, to take on the Eagles this week, get an upset with the Eagles sliding and the Bucks. Who knows what they're doing, but we can get lucky. Second question is, do you think Penix, with his performance, although I don't personally think it was that bad, do you think it was bad enough to where he can slide down to us in the first round of that draft and we can get him and hide him behind, hopefully, a Baker extension next year, maybe even two years, so want to get your thoughts on that here from tampa bay on the radio man i appreciate you
3: yeah good to talk to you i think what happens a lot of the times if they're drafting around 20 you know and, and further if they continue to win problem is what happens is you'll see all these mock drafts come out where it's quarterback at one quarterback at two quarterback at five quarterback at 12 quarterback at 27 and then the run happens and all five guys are taken within the first 10 So I just think there's a lot of teams, like, who could draft a quarterback? The Bears, the Commanders, now we're only to two. The Patriots, Arizona, never know. Chargers, probably not, so we got past one. Giants could. Tennessee could again. Atlanta could. It looks like the answer is no here. Uh, The Jets always could draft one if, you know, they don't know how long they're going to have Rodgers. Vikings could draft one. Denver could draft one. Oh, my God. Uh, Vegas could draft one. The Saints could draft one. Indy probably no. so we got two. Seattle could draft one. Jacksonville. Cincinnati, no. Green Bay, no. And then we're at Tampa. So, uh, probably not for Pennix Jr., but you never know. Could make a trade. Yeah, I don't know. See, I feel like the Eagles can make a little bit... I'm not writing, I'm not closing the book on the Eagles. I think a lot of people want to close the book on the Eagles. And they have all the intention and reason to do so. There there has to be some sort of thing coming in these playoffs that we don't expect. There has to be. You know, whether it's the Rams, uh, the Rams could beat the Lions, Packers, uh, you never know with the Cowboys. Dolphins could go in the cold and beat the Chiefs. The Eagles seems to be the one. That might be the most ripe. Cause I, I don't know what the Buccaneers are either. Just when I start thinking they're pretty good, they lose to the saints and have like no life until the fourth quarter, maybe of that game. And then it's a gotta have it win against Carolina. And I know Baker was limping a little bit, but you beat them on three field goals. You win nine, nothing in a gotta have a game against not to give more shade to Carolina, but to Carolina in their last game of the season with nothing to play for. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't feel like any good answers are coming out of that call for you. I'll try again tomorrow. Hey, thanks to David Shepard, Marco Belletti, and thanks to you guys for keeping the wheels moving. We'll be back tomorrow night. Still want to talk a lot more about these playoff matchups and really start to get into them. We'll do that on a Wednesday. I'm Bart Winkler, CBS Sports Radio.
1: as we turn the corner
11: into the new year a lot of people are looking to get healthier that includes hero bread who have just launched their new recipe using heart healthy olive oil hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving made with natural ingredients That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at hero.co.